Hello everyone and welcome back to another odd and macabre episode of Vamp Jen's Corner, an extension of my official blog site of the same name, which you can visit at jenvasquez.com. I'm your host, Vamp Jennifer, and on today's episode, we're celebrating Dracula Day. May sure is an awesome month when it comes to macabre holidays. We recently celebrated Goth Day, which happened on May 22nd, and now we have a special occasion dedicated to my beloved nocturnal creatures, vampires. And although you can't see me, I'm wearing a top I bought from Hot Topic a long time ago that says, protected by vampires, across the front. 20 years later, and I'm still rocking it. So, on May 26, 1897, Bram Stoker's notorious novel Dracula was published. More than a century later, the vampire tale has indeed proven to be as immortal as its protagonist. There have been films, TV shows, music, books, art, and entertainment events inspired by the Count. Stoker's work has left such an indelible mark on not just the literary world, but the creative world in general, that there's a day dedicated to it. Dracula Day. There are many ways to celebrate, and in this episode, I'm going to share ideas for how to throw a fantastic vampire soiree, whether alone or with others. I'll include links in the show notes to where you can find the blog post version of this episode and any relevant links to the content discussed. There's nothing like enjoying a delicious libation when celebrating a special occasion. While Dracula's drink of choice would be blood, you can come close with Vampire Vineyard's selection of wines. They offer a Dracula Merlot, Pinot Noir, and Sparkling Rosé, as well as other red and white wine varietals. I love the Vampire Merlot, which I've had at a couple of restaurants. It's delicious, and I really enjoy bold red wines, so if you do too, I think you'll like it. Vampire Vineyards used to operate a wine bar in Beverly Hills, California called the Vampire Lounge. There was a revamped version of the lounge that was supposed to open in 2019, and I keep checking back on the site and it's still the only update that shows. I'm not sure what the plans are for it, but I do hope they decide to reopen since I didn't have a chance to check the lounge out before they closed. For those of you in New Orleans, Louisiana, or planning to visit the city, Vampire Vineyards recently opened the Vampire Cafe in the French Quarter. It offers food, drinks, plus you can even partake in a tea leaf or tarot reading. From the pictures I've seen on the website, it looks amazing and I want to visit so bad. Since I can't visit the New Orleans Vampire Cafe this year, I am lucky enough to have a vampire bar located in my hometown of Long Beach, California. Well, sort of. If you're a fan of the show True Blood, then the name Alex's Bar may ring a bell. The punk bar doubled as Fantasia in the series, the hangout for vampires and fangbangers. I haven't had a chance to visit yet. I think I found out about the place and its connection to True Blood a couple of years ago. I went to the Warner Brothers haunt horror made here and they recreated the Fantasia Bar on their lot. It was really cool and I think that was how I found out about the bar here in Long Beach. I may have to grab a drink there once I'm done recording this. And if you prefer to make your own cocktails in the comfort of your home, then look up Martha Stewart's Vampire Vodka Cocktail, which is a blend of vodka, grapefruit juice, pomegranate juice, agave syrup, grated red beet, and fresh lime juice. Sounds refreshing. Now that you've got your drink of choice in hand, you're ready for some entertainment. With so many options of Dracula-inspired films and shows, it's difficult to choose which to mention. If you're in the mood to binge watch, I suggest hopping on Netflix and seeing the animated series Castlevania. The show just released season 4 and it's supposed to be the final season. 
And yes, I have already started watching it. For those who listened to my vampire episode, I mentioned this show in there and that I hoped a new season was coming, and it seems the vampire gods heard and answered my unholy prayer. There's also the miniseries Dracula streaming on Netflix based on Stoker's book. Other recommendations include Nosferatu, Dracula starring Bela Lugosi, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, Dracula 2000, and Dracula Untold. Plus, there are countless other vampire films worth viewing. This is far from a complete list, but it's a good start. Nothing sets the mood like music. For a darkly ethereal ambience, I love listening to the Transylvania album by Nox Arcana or Midnight Syndicate's Vampire, Symphonies from the Crypt. If you're into alternative rock, definitely play the Dracula 2000 and Queen of the Damned film soundtracks with the volume turned all the way up. I also want to mention metal and dance band Fira, who I've seen perform at a golf bar here in Los Angeles called Or Sinister, and at the Endless Night LA Vampire Ball. Lead vocalist Hannah is quite talented at singing with fangs in, and the group's music is really enjoyable. They released a new album in the fall of 2020 titled From Vegas with Blood. The Sixth Chamber is a band that specializes in gothic metal and embraces a vampiric aesthetic. Check out their video for the track Walpurgis night which is an ode to these nocturnal creatures. I've covered some of the music of both of these groups on my site so you can read more about them. I'll include links to those articles in the show notes as well. And I have to also mention gothic rock band Nosferatu. I love their music and when a band's named after one of history's most iconic vampires they definitely deserve a mention when on the topic of Dracula. I don't know about you all, but Romania is on my travel bucket list and has been for a long time. If, like me, you aren't able to travel to the country at the moment, you can still experience the magic of Transylvania with a virtual tour of Dracula's castle. Originally known as Brand Castle, this historic building sits atop a cliff and is at least 600 years old. There's no evidence of Vlad Tepesh having any direct connection to it, but it's been said that Bram Stoker based the castle in his novel off of this architectural wonder. Something I want to share here that I didn't include when I wrote the original blog post are details about a Dracula tour that's offered by a company that used to go by the moniker Tours of Terror. The website is toursandevents.com and they're still around but tours are on pause at the moment. Years ago, I signed up to request a brochure from the travel agency with information about their Dracula tour and I never got rid of it. It details a tour and includes a fun itinerary of what takes place during the eight-day getaway. I'm actually going to read a bit of that here. Okay, so the following is being quoted directly from the letter I received. Dracula Tour is the only true fully escorted, escort, fully escorted, pardon me, vampire vacation professionally organized by fans, especially for fans. This annual pilgrimage to the actual Transylvania in Romania is presented by Tours of Terror. Dracula Tours follows Jonathan Harker's trail from the novel Dracula while throwing in all sorts of splendidly spooky surprises along the way. There is a mock witch trial with professional Romanian actors, visits to haunted graveyards, and time spent in the world's largest and oldest Tools of Torture Museum. There is both educational and entertainment value as the tour includes historical Brand Castle, Clock Tower, the Black Church, Vlad's birthplace, the one and only true Vlad's castle, also known as the Fortress Ruins, and even the island monastery where Vlad is buried. It's the perfect cool combination of fun and fear for anyone looking for an unusual week-long ghoulish getaway. Vampires, vampire fans, and even vampire slayers are all equally welcome, 
and all get along harmoniously on this travel adventure. The highlight of the Dracula tour is undoubtedly spending an exquisite enchanted night at Dracula's castle. All travelers dress in their scariest, sexiest, most outrageous best costumes, eat a lavish multi-course meal, experience a vampire show, descend to the dungeon of the castle where the coffin lies waiting, dance to appropriate macabre music, everything from the Monster Mash to Rocky Horror to Rob Zombie to the Sisters of Mercy to Phantom of the Opera, partake in the moonlit bonfire with hors d'oeuvres and complimentary brandy, and simply have the times of their lives. End quote. Does that not sound freaking amazing? The Dracula tour was offered twice a year, once in October that coincided with Halloween and once during the summer. I've told myself that I am doing this tour and I am not giving up on that. So hopefully once it's safer to travel, I'll be doing a blog post on Vamp Gents Corner documenting my adventures in the land of the vampires. It will happen. I'm forecasting that positive energy out there. Not that long ago, I jumped on the podcast bandwagon and immediately searched for shows on vampires. My first recommendation is Rose Sinister Vampires. Host Rose Sinister formerly resided in New Orleans where she worked as a guide for haunted history tours, showcasing the more macabre side of the city. Her podcast explores vampire folklore in a historical context, providing well-researched insight. Her episodes examine these nocturnal creatures in books and film, including Nosferatu, Underworld, Anne Rice's The Vampire Chronicles, Blade, The Twilight Saga, Dracula, and many more. Bang Smith, Father Sebastian has a couple of podcasts. One is Endless Night Vampire Radio, and the other is the Father Sebastian Experience, which touches upon vampires, esoterica, and rock and roll. There aren't many episodes published, and both shows were last updated a year ago, but you can still check out what's there to get your vampire fix. And if you're into audiobooks, Mike Bennett narrates the classic in the podcast Dracula by Bram Stoker. So far, the episodes go up to chapter 25. Speaking of literature, while revisiting the Bram Stoker's Dracula is the obvious choice, there's a plethora of vampire reading material out there. One I highly recommend is The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova. The book creates an intriguing tale by fusing together the historical figure Vlad Tepesh and the fictional character Dracula. For those who'd like to know more about the real man Vlad the Impaler, have a look at In Search of Dracula by Raymond T. McNally and Radu Florescu. I mentioned this book on a previous episode, and it includes extensive research into the true history of Vlad III and the vampire legends he spawned. And for those interested in some non-fiction titles on vampires in general, I have some recommendations. The first is the magazine Suspira, which came out with a vampire edition back in the fall of 2019. The edition includes excellent um, academic essays on the vampire topic as well as interviews with key figures in the vampire community. Um, if you go to the Suspira website and um, look for this issue, I believe you can still order a copy if there are copies still available. And I have some other title recommendations that I'll just kind of um, list off here. Um, one is Vampires, the Occult Truth by Constantinos, Vampire Forensics by Mark Collins Jenkins, 
There's also Vampires, A Field Guide to the Creatures That Stalk the Night by Dr. Bob Curran. And these next two are by author Catherine Ramsland. One is The Science of Vampires, and the other is The Vampire Companion, which is basically an encyclopedia to Anne Rice's The Vampire Chronicles. So those are just a few titles that I have here um, at home in my own vampire book collection. Lastly, for those who really want to show their loyalty and dedication to Dracula, why not get a pair of your own fangs? You may not be able to grow a pair, but you can get some custom made and I'm going to tell you how. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to do a virtual consultation to get custom fangs made by Master Fangsmith Father Sebastian. Before the pandemic hit, Father Sebastian would set up shop and take in-person appointments in cities across the globe. For the safety of his clients, he's now offering telefanging meetings, which he conducts virtually. During these sessions, he walks the individual through the process of making their teeth molds. But before I get into the procedure, let me share a few details about the Fangsmith. Father Sebastian has been creating fangs for a quarter of a century. He began in the early 1990s, and interestingly, his mom was his first client. Soon after, he developed his fangsmithing business, formerly known as Sabretooth Custom Fangs, now called Eternal Fangs. He specializes in crafting professional-grade custom fangs, but the experience goes beyond simply getting a pair of sharp teeth made. To Father Sebastian, it's an art form and a transformative practice. Dedicated to promoting the vampire lifestyle, Father Sebastian treats each encounter with the client as a special ritual and views it as a significant rite of passage into the vampire culture. Over the years, he's witnessed countless people's strong reactions to seeing themselves with their fangs on for the first time. There's a powerful energy that goes into making each pair, and so the grand reveal is treated as a ceremony welcoming the newcomer to this nocturnal path. Father Sebastian has built an entire philosophy surrounding the vampire culture, which he delves into in his book Black Veils. Now, I was in for a different experience for my thing appointment since I couldn't consult with Father Sebastian in person. Orders are done through the Vamporium shop site. First, you choose the style of things you'd like, which include classic canines, Lilith laterals, and sabers. Prices start at $150 per pair. Since the consultation takes place virtually, a separate molding kit for $50 must be purchased, which includes the materials necessary to make the teeth impressions yourself. The kit included upper and lower dental trays, six small jars of molding clay, and a miniature legacy onk necklace, which is a special sigil that exemplifies the teachings within the Black Veils text. After I received the kit, I set up an appointment to meet with Sebastian virtually, where he walked me through taking my own dental impressions. The whole appointment took less than an hour. Before concluding the session, I had to recite the Vampire's Oath, which is a recitation of what one promises to do and not do while wearing their fangs. It's spoken in a funny southern accent with both hands held up in a devil's horns pose. It was an entertaining way to wrap up the experience. I got my fangs back in December and loved them. They are a perfect fit and have strengthened my connection to the vampire realm. For those interested in looking into getting fangs of your own, I go into more detail in the feature I wrote about um, my experience and that contains links of where to go to purchase the kit and you'll be able to see a photo of yours truly with her vampire teeth in. 
I hope these recommendations have given you some fun ideas on how to commemorate Dracula Day. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Vamp Gems Corner. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can visit my official website at jenvasquez.com where you'll find my latest content and what I've been up to. If you've been enjoying this podcast and want to show your support, you can donate by clicking on the link located in the show description. And find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Official. Until next time, stay out of the cob.